Carter's Burgers. This is Paulie from All Doc Dunk Podcast Night. Uh, it's Monday night. Never am I doing a podcast without my main man, Captain Buzz. Buzzword! Are hey. you there? Over. Paolo, what's going on, man? How you how doing? You, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Beautiful weather. Spring has sprung. It's awesome out there. Dude, it is gorgeous out there. I'll tell you what. It is, it is beautiful. I love it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's sweatshirt morning uh, weather when you, you know, if you're on the boat, you put on a hoodie, you go out for the first morning run. I love sweatshirt weather in the morning. Beginning of the season, end of the season, I love it. Yeah, I had, I had when I, I, I spent the night on the boat and started, you know, finished up the convi- the commissioning checklist. You know, I still had a couple of Oh, what, the seven pages? Of. Is, yeah, the seven pages of stuff uh, you got going on. Oh, I nailed it. Still a couple things left. You know, because, you know. <laughs> I nailed it, he says. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing like that that wonderful cup of coffee up in the cockpit with a sweatshirt on and just, yeah, that was a wonderful morning. It was gorgeous. Dude, it was awesome. It's beautiful. There's nothing yeah. better than it. I love it. There's, ah, I tell you, you know, even fall, I'll still say it to this day, fall boating before it gets too chilly, the beginning of fall, that's my favorite, man. I love being out there when it's like that. So what do we got a little captain's briefing? Well, before we start that, the All Things Boating Podcast with Paulie and Captain Buzz is sponsored by All Docked Up. And any company out there that wants to sponsor an event, be on the podcast. Help us educate the boaters. Uh, just shoot us an email. Uh, podcast at alldockedup.com. Um, get in touch with me or Captain Buzz. And, you know, any comments or stuff that you have to talk about, we'd love to hear. We'd love the interaction. And, you know, the boaters who are listening to us, please tell your friends. And tell your friends not only to listen to the podcast wherever they get their podcasts, but to check out alldockedup.com and sign up to be a boater on the platform. It will save you a lot of time and money and keep your boat safe and looking great. Roger that. Rocking and rolling, baby. I <laughs> love right, so it. Cap- so, Buzzy, what do you got for Captain's Brief in there, Skit? Well, it's it's um, it's it's simple this. Simply this. Do not top off your fuel tank. Because it, it's hold not. Hold on. What do you mean? What? Like, it's like, are you talking about, like, when you're at the pump and you're yes. filling up your car, you automatically let it click. And you think it's going to stop. On the road, it does. But on the water, it doesn't. Buzzy, how many times have we seen that? I and then that's 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 why it's a it's our captain's briefing tonight because yeah when you're filling up your car those pumps are very sensitive they get a little back pressure bang they click off on the water it's a little different because remember sometimes your fuel filler may be on a horizontal surface could be vertical could be on an angle it's it the, the pumps are not necessarily designed as as well as a, a an automobile gas station pump to turn off so we recommend, first of all, that you know your fuel capacity of your tanks. So my boat, for example, I hold 165 gallons each side. So you're filling and, up port and starboard side fill-ups on both sides of your boat. That's right. That's right. And and so if I come into the fuel into the into the into the marina or the or the station and I've uh, you know I've got a quarter tank in each side. I know that, you know, 165 divided by four is about 41 gallons, maybe a little more. And so I may say, okay, I want to get to maybe a little bit more than three quarters. Maybe I'll go 90 gallons aside. Okay. So I'm not relying on the handle to shut off. I'm looking at the pump 
and having the attendant tell me, hey, look, when we get to 95 gallons, you tell me, and I'm shutting it off. So I'm well, not Buzzy, on the handle, filling it all the way up. Right. You've seen it at the marinas. You cannot physically lock in that handle and leave that handle unattended. Like, that's a big no-no. Those clicks on the handles to set the actual flow are not on marinas. They're not there. And they're not there for a reason because they don't want you to leave it unattended. They want you to listen. When you're filling up your boat, you can hear the air come out of your bleeder on the side of the hull. And, you know, check to make sure that that's not blocked. But, Buzzy, uh, and I gave you one when you uh, ended up having, uh, when you got the bayout, to, what was the name of the product? It catches all the overflow. It's got two suction cups that go right over the bleeder. Yeah, it's a it's a fuel vent uh, collection device, and and I'm glad you brought that up because it's a little plastic jug with a, with a hole in the in the side of it and two suction cups, and you put it on the side of the hull over your bleeder valve, and 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 that, that in case right the the fuel somehow gets stirred or and and it comes up and it. Instead of going into the environment, it goes into this little catch tube. Right. It catches any of your overflow. I know on my boat, when I'm filling up my boat, if let's say I am below a quarter tank, I hold 102 gallons. My boat's small. It's nothing crazy. I don't have saddle tanks. I have one specific tank. My bleeder, I truly believe, was undersized. And when I'm filling up, Buzzy, I'll go, if I know, let's say I got 20 gallons on board, I'll put 40 gallons in it and shut it down, wait a minute or two, and allow it to burp. Because oh, that's a good call, if, yeah. If I try to go too close, if I literally hold it consistently from start to finish, that tank is going to burp. There's going to be overflow. We're going to have spillage in the Chesapeake, which oh. is a big no-no. So I have to, and I listen. When you're filling up your tank, listen. You can hear it. When the tank is going to burp, if you pay close enough attention. No, um, that's a that's a good call, Paul. Because you um, the the fuel pump is pumping so much fuel in, it doesn't have it, your your bleeder valve doesn't have the ability to let the air escape. And so, right. okay, that I got it. Yeah, and yeah. also check that too, guys. When you're on land, one of the things on your checklist is to make sure that you look at the bleeder on the side, whether you know. If you have saddle tanks, you're going to have it on both sides, and it sits just below where the fill is. Check that to make sure that that screen is not blocked by wax left Spiders. by a detailer, yeah. spider crap, or any <laughs> type of bugs or a nest, Mud anything, wasps. anything. Because if you're blocking that, you sure will spill over at the marina, and that's a big problem. You know, with all the boats that are out there, if it happens every day, that's a lot of contamination for any waterway, and it's illegal. Like, we got to really be focused on paying attention to that. So two more things I'll add to this. Uh, number one uh, is uh, to have a, a, a pad or a bib that you can put around the filler and and to catch any drips. Because, you know, you got to be careful when you, when, when you take the... Uh, the fuel filler out, there's always some drips, right? So you want to be able to catch those and not let those go into the environment. So you need some pads for that or rag or whatever you have. If and you secondly, go on, I'm sorry, Buzzy, go ahead, Buzzy. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say is, is be, when, when you see a boat taking on fuel on the water, you better be at zero wake, right? How many times, you know, because we're familiar with, with uh, Schaefer's Canal House, 
and they uh, have a beautiful up field. Filling the CD canal? And, oh, that's and, loads of fun. Uh, <laughs> and somebody blowing by, throwing a heavy wake. Uh, so just, just be careful. Number one, you're responsible for your wake. But when somebody's fueling up their boat, you gotta be you got to be at zero wake. Right. You got to pay attention always, you know, always understand what's happening in your environment. Look around. I always got a sore neck. But, Buzzy, on the <laughs> Boat U.S. Foundation website, they have, you know, for fuel spill prevention products, there's a list. So all the boaters, you know, I, I love Boat U.S. Buzzy, you love Boat U.S. You're a gold member. I'm a gold member. You know, we, we talked about Captain Ted uh, last last podcast. Oh, yeah. We threw out Captain Ted a huge, uh, you know, shout out. But go on the Boat U.S. website. They talk about the absorbance. They talk about, uh, you know, bioremediation. Uh, Forgive me trying to spit that one out. That's a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> fuel bibs, absorbent pads, bilge socks, uh, spill booms, a uh, fuel bib, anything. Just take some time and go on to the Boat US website because there's plenty of education out there. And I'll throw love to Boat US as much as possible because they're the heroes on the water as far as I'm concerned outside of police and everybody else, you know. Well, you make a good point. Don't just listen to the us two, the chuckle necks. Do some research on your own. You can learn That's a lot. Mr. Chuckle Neck <laughs> to you, pal. I'll give you a fresh one. Head or gut, right upside the head. I'm sorry. Chuckle you a chuckle? Are you a chuckle neck or a knucklefish? Listen, I'm not sure. Hey, you know what? That's it. Everybody, Captain Buzz is going to get a fresh one in about five, four, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, let's, uh, you know, for my right, detailers. What's de yeah, what's your detailers brief from there? I'll tell you what. I had <laughs> one of my customers, you know, he's like, Paulie, really need you to do, you know, the boat. Now, and I love helping out boaters. Anything that I can do to help, I always make the time available. And um, I will tell you what, I was doing a sailboat that had a pre-application put on it. And I'll make this clear. It was not ceramic coating. Okay. So the product itself, you know, he's like, Polly, we really got something going on. So I looked at the boat. I noticed it's not traditional blotch. It's not traditional dry spots in the fiberglass. I'm like, there's someone put an application on this. I asked the owner. He had no idea. And I'm like, I'm telling oh. you, something was on the boat. Now, there's a product that's on the boat that I'm not going to mention names, but it was it was introduced to the boating industry about 10 plus years ago, and it was a complete flop. And it broke off into pieces and chipped away. So traditional, Ouch. let's say, 1,000-grit compound buzzy wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't cool. touch it. Not Wouldn't touch it at all. I used 400 and 800 grit compound, no silicone, no wax to break this product down on top of wet sanding. Okay. <laughs> because he's like, Paul, you did a he, wow. he's like, Paul, you did a great job last year. I'm like, but there's something on the hull that is, it's apparent. It, it, it's there. What is it? Well, I contacted the old owner and come to find out it was this particular product. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, which no. essentially was floor polish, synthetic Ouch. floor polish. And getting this stuff off supposedly took this particular type of acid-based wash to get it off. It did not. So I wheeled this thing out. I had to four-step the hull because um, initially- Four that steps? Type, well, here's the problem. So you got to wet sand it first. Then you got to compound it. 
Then you got to polish it. And if you swirled it, which luckily I didn't, and I was actually kind of surprised because when you're using that abrasive of a compound, yeah. you're going to have some swirls. You can be the best guy with a wheel in your hand, but sometimes it just happens. Wow. So you would do an ultra fine and then do a coat of wax over top. You can four or five step that all day long. And I told the customer, I'm like, it's going to be more expensive. The outcome is amazing. I was just going to say, how to come out? It yeah, turned okay. out absolutely incredible. But I will tell you what, I couldn't just leave it the way it was. I couldn't because anybody that paid attention to it. Well, that's my, how you roll. You, you, my you, name's you on the line. Yeah. I want to make it yeah, right yeah. because you know what? It, and I said this on other podcasts before. If I just did the bare ball, you know, the bare basics, which would still satisfy the customer based off of the budget they have to work with, it would be short lived. The job wouldn't look right. Your neighbors are going to be cussing me out from afar. You know, my ears are going to be ringing all day. <laughs> But the boat turned out gorgeous. I mean, it, oh, it looks so good. And I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing the reaction face-to-face from the good. customer. Good, that's something to be proud of. You nailed it. But that's I very, nailed it. very aggressive. It was horrible. I'll tell you what. And just, there, there were products. And it, obviously, pre-technology, technology has changed so many. There's so many coatings that are out there that are very beneficial for your boat. That was just not one of them. Oh, my God. It was horrible. Um, So be aware, guys, that if you are going to, you know, let's say you're not going to have it professionally done by a detailer, a ceramic coat installation guy, whatever. If you plan on doing something yourself, please, you know, ask some local detailers on the history because you could put a product on a boat that if you don't keep up with it, it's going to be a problem. I mean, it's going to be a real problem. And then when it comes time to where you can't physically get it off or you can't get the, the you know, the look that you want, the depth and the wet look in the glass, you know, looking into fiberglass, you pay somebody to do it. Don't be surprised if that bill is, could very well be exponentially higher because Buzzy, on a 33 foot sailboat, just on the hull itself, I had 16 hours worth of work. And you raise a good point, Paolo, because, you know, if, if, if you're going to put some type of a protective coating on your boat applied by a professional, there's, it's not just one and done and forget about it and don't do a thing about you. There, I'm sure there's instructions. In, and you know me, I read the instructions, right? You're Johnny gonna, instructions. Are you kidding me? We know that. <laughs> Or right. Johnny instructions. Well, don't you don't want to waste your money because if you're going to do that type of application, now this one obviously was not a good product, but it may have been a good product, but the previous owner didn't take the steps to take care of it to get it where it would last. That's the other thing. Take, you know, do your homework, make sure whatever you're putting on, you're taking the steps to take care of it. Every application, and that's something buzzy that I really want to dive in tonight, along with some, you know, the topics that we have together. I want to dive into talking about, you know, having your boat ceramic coated. And I want you to really understand like some of the protocols. Um, and it's a great point that you made because there are ceramic coating is an incredible piece of technology that has been, you know, evolved and it's out on the market and it really is a good product. But just like anything else, you have to follow the pro, the protocol of the product from the manufacturer 
Read the directions per se. Your <laughs> Hello, installer, yeah. right? Your installer, ask questions. Understand that there are people that are getting their boats ceramic coated and they're not following proper procedure and protocol. And the product itself, they're having some problems with. And it's just like anything else. If you you have to keep up with, uh, it's no different than your diesel engines, right? You have a thousand hour service, a 2000 hour service. Whatever the manufacturer's recommendations are, please follow that to the letter of the law and understand what you're getting yourself into. And if you don't know and your installer hasn't told you, you might want to, you know, either A, look for another installer that is 100% educated and make sure that you have a clear picture of what you're going to be required to do in order to keep up on a ceramic coating installation. Or it's any- like going to the doctor. Right. You go to the doctor. You say, uh, doc, it hurts when I do this. Doc says, well, don't do that. And then you say, doc, I need a second opinion. He goes, well, you're, you're ugly too. Right. I mean, you You gotta gotta be careful. You gotta be careful and understand what you are doing. That was a good, you you let that one just kind of roll by. What happened? I'll tell you what, and you know what, Buzzy, (laughs) I see dude, Marky Mark is getting ready to knock on my door. I got to unlock the door. We got, dude, Mark's in the house. Hold on one second, Buzzy. I got to unlock the door for friggin' Mark. That's great that he's making a guest appearance. So, Mark, come on Paolo in. Right is, in the middle uh, of a podcast. He's, he's been, in his you're house. You're at a good time there, I'm Pat. in mine. And now we've, got a, we've, got, a, we've got a guest visitor just like that. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what. I love it. People are stopping by. Buzzword. We got there Captain Mark is. in the house. What's going on, my good my man? man. Oh, man. Lots of fans. Stuff. Just chaos and mayhem. Chaos I, and I, mayhem. I love up, it. Man? It's, t- it's time to get the boat ready for the season. So, you know. You know what, Mark? Roger we that. were just Roger diving that. into, um, to bring you up to speed, we're diving into ceramic coating applications Ooh, and, and, and following the letter of the law when it comes to protocols and maintenance procedures after your application is done you know, from the manufacturer, understand what you have to get done, what you need to do. Um, we just, we're diving deep into that. Uh, so you, uh, you're so, definitely here so, at a good time. So cut to the chase. Do people actually follow the protocol or do they, do they completely, it looks wonderful and then they forget about it. And then. Well, it's funny those, because God, Buzzy, yeah. I know where you're going. God. Well, fools and their money will soon part. So the folks that get that done and don't then take care of it, well, there you go. They're wasting their money. I'll tell you what, and uh, that was a great question that Captain Mark just asked because there have been jobs, you know, customers have had these applications done and they're not, they're using soaps that are not, you know, good for the actual boat. After you're done, you use specific products to recharge the ceramic coating and they're not getting the longevity. And, and I don't believe that it's because the product doesn't work, but it's a maintenance program that goes along with it. And I think there's some confusion out there uh, with some customers that, um, you know, that are seeing these problems show their face. It's kind of like when you, uh, it's kind of like when you bring a boat back, you know, you restore it, you detail it. The first time doing it after not having taken care of it for several years is, is quite painful. But if you keep up on it and do it every year, not so bad. So it's, it's, it's not something you can do once and walk away. 
There's never been a shortcut for elbow grease on board. It never will. <laughs> Me and Buzzy, good, Buzzy that's how many, a good call. Yeah, right. Hey, how hey, many we, times we have should, we, we all? Should try and, we should try and invent that, though, because we could make a lot of money if we could do that. Yeah, what, create the absolute miracle product under the sun, the, the yeah, one and absolutely. done? Absolutely. I got a couple islands in the Caribbean I'd like to buy. So. Yeah, me and you both. Me and you both. But Buzzy and I have said this for years. You know, it's 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 uh, it's a hot, you know, a love of labor in the industry. Owning a boat and truly taking care of it, unless you're a completely open checkbook and you have the right guys to do it, that like you would find on the all docked up platform. But Honestly, you, you got to follow the rules. And we always call Buzzy, you know, Captain Instruction. Mark knows that. Captain Instruction, baby. <laughs> always, always glad to learn from somebody that's already made the mistakes. Right. That's what we're all about. Here, you know, I'm going to Buzzy. We have, um, we had a listener that was that sent us an email, my main man Eric out of the Twin Cities. And okay. he says, Hey guys, love the podcast on my way to and from work here in the Twin Cities. I have a detailing question for you. I'm about to take delivery of a new Monterey 258 SS, which mind you is a very cool looking boat. Very Mark nice Mark has seen them. Ken Buzz, have you seen the Monterey's? They're, they're they got a really nice good color scheme to them. Uh this is my first new boat. I'll have to check it out. Check it out. And I want to ensure I do all the little things that make, you know, maintaining the gel code and the life of the gel code uh, a little bit less of a hassle. And, you know, so for a new boat, what should I be doing? Do I just wax it right away? Should I do the ceramic coating? Something else? Question mark. Is there any break-in period for new gel coat like some car paints? Um, Bo will be in fresh water. It's stored in my garage when it's not in the water, so he's trailable. Uh, thanks and keep up the great work. You know, Eric, we're throwing you some love from the Twin Cities. Thank you so very much. And and here's how I'm going to answer this question. We're talking about ceramic coating. Um, boats that come out of molds out of, out of, out of uh, you know, the manufacturer, they have wax on them anyway. So you can instantly go ahead and wax the boat. A brand new boat, I'd ceramic coat in a heartbeat. Brand new surface, unoxidized, right out of the shelf. You're in really good shoes. But once again, what we were just chatting about, there is going to be maintenance guidelines that you have to keep up with to ensure that your ceramic coating lasts, okay? Um, you're not going to get a ceramic coating and buy the $9 soap from Walmart, okay? It doesn't work that way. If you follow everything to the letter of the law, go ahead and, and ceramic coat it. And, um, you know, if you're looking for the specific product that, we, you know, I'll help you out in any way that I can. Um, I've always waxed my boat. Mark, I detailed your boat for years until you just got rid of yours. Captain Buzz, I do his. I don't believe there's ever going to be a shortage of labor on your boat. But ceramic coating the boat, brand new, fresh off the line, I would do it. Mark, what do you think? I think it's a no-brainer. It's sort of like, you know, if you got a friend that bought a brand new Corvette or a McLaren or whatever, you buy a new sports car, the first thing they do is they look and they do a coating on the front end to keep the stone chips on. Right. So There's, it's the same, it's the same philosophy. But just remember this that you, you know, always remember in the back of your head, it's not, we're not going to do an application, Mark. You just said it. If we could create something that's a one and done, there is no such thing as one and done. There never has been. Yep. There never will be. You know, the love of labor in the boating world, it is what it is. So um, thank you again, Eric, for listening. But go ahead and do the ceramic coating and just understand 
follow the procedures and protocols. Make sure you have an educated installer that really knows this stuff. And if you have any other questions, you know, shoot us an email, podcast at alldocedup.com, and we will hook you up. So, um, yeah, and that goes Buzz, for anybody. If you've got questions on on what yeah. we're talking about, you might not agree with what we've provided. Go ahead, and uh, we're not we're not uh, too proud to to listen to to feedback. So go ahead and uh, let us know your your input. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, debate and or uh, address some of those concerns. What else you got in the uh, repertoire there, Captain Buzzword? So the topic for tonight, and and this topic uh, was. Uh, uh, a request from one of our listeners, and it's uh, pets on a boat. Specifically, we're going to go with dogs on a boat. Uh, what to do and, and 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 how to be safe. So the first thing you want to know about your dog, can they swim? Just like your, your passengers on board, do they know how to swim? So is your dog comfortable in the water and over the water? Secondly, it's a good idea if you're going to, if you want to introduce your dog to the boating environment, boating lifestyle. Uh, spend some time with the dog on the boat at the dock, so they get used to the boat itself. Uh, understanding when the dog may need to relieve itself, I have a plan for that, and understanding some of the things before you actually leave the dock and get out there. The other thing you want to make sure is you want to be careful about how the dog is going to get on and off the boat. Uh, whether it's tied to the dock or whether you're on the hook and the dog is swimming around, you may consider looking at a a a, a dog boarding ramp. Uh, there's a, many of them available out there. They're not cheap, depending on the size of your dog. So the dog has freedom to go into the water and safely uh, come out back onto the swim platform or back onto the boat. Yeah, when the pooch so, lets himself off to go to the bathroom at the beach by himself, I guess you can't really beat that, Cat Buzz. <laughs> Be like, Joey, you got to pee. You know where it's at. Have at it. But so, always remember to pick up after your dog if you're what, letting yeah, him use the... That's a big one. Pick up absolutely. after your animals. Yeah, that, and that goes for when you're walking your dog anywhere and when you're when it's relieving yourself on the beach. Uh, yeah, you got to pick that up. That's very important. Good call. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, so, uh, Captain, so, Buzz, so, Captain Buzz, not to interrupt you here, but yeah, go ahead, Mark. I think I think you're missing another key element of this too: the the indoctrination of the dog at the dock. You also yeah. need to find out how well the dog's going to get along with your neighbors. Good point, and whether the neighbors want that damn dog around anyway. But here's it, the thing. It, it depends on the dog. We all love dogs. I'm a dog Very guy, Buzzy. Point. You've been a dog guy forever, Mark. Uh, you have animals yep, at yep, home. Yep. We all love animals to death, but I'll tell you what. You know, the yappers, don't the be neighbors don't want the yappers. Don't be that guy. Because, Mark, that's actually a great point. Nobody hey, this, wants to this yapper. Is like, this is not just helpful tips for boaters. This is also like life lessons. <laughs> oh, Powell yeah. and I do that all the time. Are you kidding me? There's Me and Buzzy... I've always talked about etiquette, you know, on dock, not saying that I haven't, you know, to bet on that a couple of times, but I mean, Hey, we, we've all done that. Um, so that's so funny. So a couple what, of things, first of all, um, you know, dogs do swim, but they get tired. So you want to invest in, in a dog life jacket, and that's different from a dog life vest. A vest is good for swimming in a pool or maybe in, a, in, in your backyard pond, but you want a life jacket 
And there's a little bit of a difference. It's, it's a nuance, uh, but you want a life jacket for your dog when you're boating. Very important to have a handle on the back of it for uh, lifting the dog up, depending on the size of the dog. Very important. The other thing is it's not something you want. I mean, you could do it, but buying a, 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 a dog life jacket online is a little challenging. They're difficult to fit. So the ideal thing is to go to the store with your pet and make sure the thing fits properly. And the other thing is, is put the, put the life jacket on your dog uh, at your house. Let it get comfortable with having that device on them. He's got a, but, the dog and animal's got to acclimate to that vest. It's, acclimate. You stick it's a, a vest word. on me, I got to do the same thing. I might kill you in the process, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but the, but the handle on yours will have a, a cable lock and a... No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I, I, I thought, something. isn't That's it true. where the sleeves that kind of wrap around and tie? Oh, oh now you're putting me in a straight chat. Buzzy, Cap, you hear what Mark, he's doing over here? That's it. He's going to get a fresh one in a second, though. I'm just handing out fresh ones all night long, Mark. You're up next, Cap. Uh, fair game. It's all fair game. Uh, uh, <laughs> a a couple it. other things you want to make sure it's a it's a it's a bright color, which is an obvious thing. So when your dog's swimming, you can see it. You want to have a, a a loop or some type of a carabiner so you can put a leash on the dog if you need to control it on the dock or help it get into the boat. So some of those things are are, are important. One other consideration for bringing in an animal out because they're under the sun, uh, consider sunscreen for your dog. That may sound a little strange, but their I noses... I didn't know that dogs, they had sunscreen for dogs. I, I had no I idea. Yeah, Until their noses get something. burned. Nope. Yeah, oh, they, the they nose, can burn yeah, their so noses. Nose. So in particular, um, uh, you, so you, you do want to think about that and do some research. Again, don't listen to just us. If you know, if you got well, a dog... Ask your veterinarian... If you have a dog that's going to be out on the water all the time, I'm sure your 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 Correct. professional veterinarian is going to be able to educate you on what you should do, and, and, and make one, sure and make sure that you know what type of beverage your dog likes. Beverage, hey, well, you know, some yeah, tequila, you know, maybe a little vodka. Couple more points to cover, and Mark, you reminded me of. You don't want to let your dog drink the environment water, the salt water, the pond water, the lake water, the bay water. Don't. Teach it not to drink that water because then there you're going to have a problem, and you're going to need a detailer to clean your boat up when it starts to. Uh, Those cockpit know. carpet runners in your in, in yeah that may not end very well. Uh, there might be a code blue by your doggy, and uh, that's definitely something you don't want to do. And one more point I'll make before we wrap is so you want to have an overboard plan for your dog because you know maybe you turn around and the dog just jumps overboard. Have a plan like you would have one of your for your passengers, a, a dog overboard plan, just to educate your your fellow passengers uh, and say, hey, wait, the dog's overboard. I'm bringing the boat around. I need your help. So have a plan if that happens. Buzzword. We covered some doggies. Uh, we did an awesome podcast, Mark. Thank you for the surprise visit, my friend. Yeah, that's um, very cool. Sure. Dude, I'll tell you what, if we're ever recording here in the neighborhood and see me, stop on by. <laughs> I um, so. But I'll tell you what, we are out of time. 31 minutes and change. So, Buzzy, another awesome podcast. Mark, Captain Mark, thank you, sir, for saying how you're doing. And uh, Paulie from All Docked Up, standing by on 6-8. Everybody have a good night. Buzzword. Yeah, Captain Buzz standing by on 6-8. Take care. 
Good night, everybody. 